Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank Discussion with Passion on CJD 800. Tonight on the program, it is our sex tech segment, our monthly segment. Dr. Jason Behrman will join us. Apparently, there's a new app that just might put me out of business. We'll talk about that and more. And if you have any questions, uh, send them along at 514-800. But first... Calling's not the only way to connect. The inbox is easy and always open at 514-800. All right, time to answer some of your uh, questions here, and you can send them to me by email to lori at drlaurie.com, or you can send them right here at 514-800. Sometimes they're questions, and sometimes they're just uh, topics of conversation people want to share, and that's all good. Hi, should I be concerned about my boyfriend's erections or lack thereof from what you're saying. We don't live together, but if he masturbates the day we get together, his erection are quite weak. And if we have sex daily, it's weak. If we skip a day, the erections are strong. He is 49, takes cholesterol meds, which is effective for his levels. So the good news is, is that he gets uh, full erections. Uh, the other thing is, is that as men age, they their erections can be less strong. That's true. But also there's less of a need to, uh, I guess, to have frequent sex or less of a need to ejaculate. So it the recovery period for men over years can, as you age, can take longer. So if you have sex every day, then uh, it's possible that he may not um, have much in terms of, of rigidity for his erection. But I would still want to check out, uh, I mean, he's on cholesterol medication. I'd want to check the blood flow. I'd want to know if during when the erections are okay for penetration are they are they good and solid with that are there morning erections um, as well things like that so uh, when somebody is on cholesterol meds it could indicate you know potential blockages and things like that and those are some of the things that we want to look at because that can affect uh, erectile functioning but generally speaking if he isn't into it, like if he has, if you've had, or he's masturbated that morning and then you have sex, uh, he may, he just may not have the desire to. And so it's harder to get aroused, um, because he's already done it, that he's already spent his reserves, if you will, something like that. And it's not everybody, uh, but it does happen to some. So it, it's nothing that's, uh, abnormal really. I listened to your show last night in bed, and I just want to say thank you for calling me an angel. It was heartwarming coming from someone like yourself. Well, that's sweet. I really do not think I deserve any recognition, but it was you. If you remember back in late March when this COVID was rolling, you had mentioned on your show to listeners, if they know of elderly people alone in your neighborhood, to just stop and check in on them. I thought of this walking home one afternoon passing by her home. I'm so happy I did. It turned out to be beneficial to both of us. I enjoy her company and her daughter is happy. Her mom is not alone all the time. Her daughter will be coming Saturday as a surprise for her mom and staying until the following Sunday and asked me to keep her mom here and she will come to my place. 
It is I who thanks you for your inspiration. And if just half the people of the world were a little like you, it would be a far better world. That's sweet. Although I said it was about you. Far better world if we had people like you who did good thing, the right thing, the compassionate thing, the kind thing. And then another uh, email related to this, actually, my wife and I just want to say how touched we are about that woman who took in an elderly lady and celebrated Thanksgiving with her. It is so nice to hear people have a heart and care. My mother and father-in-law have been with us for some weeks and we can tell you it has been a blessing. My mother-in-law insists on doing all the cooking and my father-in-law loves puttering around outside fixing this or doing that. In these times, we need to care for the elderly, relatives or not. I called my brother in San Diego this afternoon and told him the Boomer Show will be next next Wednesday. My wife and I are big fans of the show and the passion view with the ladies. Yourself, Mallory, and Mark have great chemistry and the subject's always interesting and you manage to all have a great sense of humor, which is the makings of an entertaining educational show. So we look forward to hearing the three of you next week. If I may say so, the changes you made to your show work. The trivia show is now a favorite too. We are millennials, and my wife is hoping you may discuss what dating was like in the 70s and early 80s and what first dates were like. Maybe a poem about that. That was my wife's idea. Thank you, and we love you. Thank you. That's so nice. Somebody wrote, an app that will replace passion? <laughs> Pull the plug on the interview. Tootsuit. No, no, not a pl- not an app that's going to replace me on the air. An app that will replace <laughs> my work in clinic. <laughs> yeah. Another, it depends on the guy. Too many variables variables but all guys over 50 have highs and lows this is about the uh, erections and maybe not having you know enough uh, enough blood flow to go multiple times in a day if you have blockage to your blood flow causing ed what can they do about it i know you're not a doctor but i'm sure you've heard thank you you're right i'm not a, a medical doctor uh, but this has to be checked, right? So there are uh, medications. You have to, I mean, I'm not exactly 100% sure uh, how uh, they treat to unblock. Sometimes they can unblock if they find an actual blockage there with a urologist. They can give you uh, Viagra, um, but what's in, what I, the problem I have with Viagra and ED, it's not that I have a, a problem, but the issue is that often men will go to a doctor and say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble with my erections, and they're saying, oh, well, there's a drug for that, and give them a prescription, and they go home, and they try it, and it works, and all's fine. What they're not doing is going to the core issue. What's causing the the lack of blood flow? Because the research shows that if there is consistent erectile dysfunction, that means that the blood is not going to the penis. And the research shows that it is a, a precursor to a heart or stroke heart attack or stroke somewhere down the road, whether it's three years down the road, five years, 10 years, there's been research about it in different, with different timings. So if, if you're experiencing erectile dysfunction on a regular, regular basis, please be an advocate for your own health and don't just take a prescription. Ask, I want to know the cause. What is the cause? It's not 
just age. That is not true. Age does not cause erectile dysfunction. Only about 25% of men, aging men, older men, uh, have erectile dysfunction requiring intervention. So you can be 90 and still have enough of an erection uh, to, to have intercourse. It's not going to be as hard. It's not going to be as strong as it once was, but it will be um, enough. So it's not just an age factor. The age certainly is about the amount of blood flow for sure. Um, but if there is a, a problem, and sometimes men have other issues, like they'll get the erection, but they lose the erection. That can be a, a sign of um, like a hole, a venous leakage where the blood goes in, but it's like, it's like a hose. You can get the, the water will go in, but if there's little holes in the hose, then the water starts to seep out. Well, the same thing, um, with, uh, with erections. So it, it's, you need to ask, and there are specialists, urologists uh, deal with this. They have special tests that actually can look and see the blood flow through, uh, what's called a Doppler, uh, or, um, an ultrasound or things like that. As one person says, a urologist can alter the blood flow. It can be augmented or decreased, can tell you from experience. Okay. So you have to figure out, obviously, what the, um, what the issue is and either clear up the clogs or whatever needs. Coming up, uh, Dr. Jason Behrman will join us for our monthly sex tech segment. We'll find out about a new app for sex therapy. That should be interesting. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. So once a month, I like to focus on technology. Technology is so ever-changing and evolving and affecting us in every way, including our sex lives, including our love lives. It's, I mean, compared to, you know, 20 years ago when I started this, there was no point in having a segment like this. It wasn't like there wasn't not nearly half of what's going on now or three quarters but now there's just so much and it keeps coming out so we uh, decided a while back that uh, we would focus once a month on uh, technology that was related to sexuality and the sexuality industry if you will or the field so I've invited uh, and he's been with us for I don't know, maybe a year, two years even. I can't even remember, Jason. Uh, Dr. Jason Behrman, he is a specialist in artificial intelligence and technology, and he brings us some very interesting topics uh, every month. Often they scare us. Often they make us think. <laughs> uh, maybe this time not so scary, uh, except for me, because there seems to be, he's going to tell us about a new app that uh, might put my field out of business. Are you kidding me? What? <laughs> I don't know if I want to say this on the air because, you know, then I won't get any more clients. <laughs> well, hi, Lori. It's great. Uh, great to be back on the air with you. Uh, I'm still missing the... Uh, the, uh, the, the hugs? studio, <laughs> yes. the studio, but uh, you know that will come soon enough. And you know what? Um, we've been talking about sex and technology on Passion for three years and three months. Oh wow! Okay, time flies. Thank yeah, you for that. Okay. I just pulled up my LinkedIn profile there, and I'm like, yep, okay. <laughs> Being in here. Okay. So, and like, I just uh, don't don't fret, Lori. Um, you have to embrace. Uh, 
technology. Technical, uh, uh, technological disruption. The, you, you can't fight it. Uh, you just have true. to, you know, adapt your practice to technological change and see how you could become an even better practitioner by embracing some of these technological tools. You're right. And I don't think I have to convince you too hard to make you aware that it, it's very difficult to replace uh, human interaction, That's even true. with the best of technology. And the app that I'm going to talk about today is not a replacement for a professional therapist. I think it's just something that could provide complementary services okay. or it can provide services to people that are of reduced means and of lower socioeconomic status who may not have the means to access sex therapy by uh, a licensed practitioner, Actually, which that's, is a big yeah. problem. It is because in our, in our system, in our healthcare system, there aren't any. We, there, are, there are several clinics, let's say, in, in, the, in the Montreal area. It's, you know, there's a long waiting list, and, and this is what happens here. Even for psychological services, people sometimes have to, uh, have to wait. And for specialized services, most often it's people have to go privately. And like you say, it's not necessarily affordable uh, for everybody. So it would be nice to have a tool that might actually help people even, I don't want to say diagnose, but get put them in, like, ask the right questions to lead them in, down the right path. Like, this is the kind of help you need. And sometimes people don't have to go to a sex therapist. They need to go to a doctor first. You know, so if they go to the sex therapist, the sex therapist will say, you know what, you need to go see a doctor, a medical doctor to have it checked out. So this might avoid kind of that, uh, that in between there. Well, that's how I envision a lot of these technologies would be used best. It's not something that would uh, replace a medical professional that has a PhD and has, you know, lots of experience with dealing with people and all their different diverse problems because there's like, oh, I mean, human beings are very diverse and the problems that they encounter in their sex lives are equally diverse. Yeah. And I don't think that one app or a given technology will have this like umbrella effect and it will be able to capture all this diversity and help people in every shape and form. Like that requires like a lot more nuance and a lot more sympathy and a lot more human interaction, a lot more patience and a lot more analysis by a human being to do it. Right. But anyways, there is an app called Blue Heart, which was founded in 2019. It's, uh, it's a British-based company. It's a, a small technology startup. And it was in the media recently because it was able to secure one million pounds, uh, one one million euros, excuse me. That's in a funding. lot of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's good for an early stage startup after a year and a bit. Um, so there's a lot of people that think that they might be onto something. And the market niche that they're targeting is sex therapy and the fact that um, everybody knows that sex therapy is quite effective in helping people address their sexual dysfunction. However, it's not very accessible to uh, the majority of the population due to cost restraints. Right. So, um, and like the, the existing digital platforms that we have out there, they're kind of like, you know, these health and wellness kind of apps. And, you know, they're not right. exactly based on the best scientific evidence out there. And the, um, the co-founders of the company, they said that a lot of the current technology out there was focused a lot on, you know, um, trying to augment your personal pleasure in a sexual True. situation or providing you with like tips on, you know, self-pleasure and guided masturbation and other things like that. But it's not really targeting, you know, sexual dysfunction. Right. So what they were trying to do is it's like, okay, you know what? We're going to try to become like pioneers of sex and relationship therapy that is brought to you through an app. 
and it is designed by experts based on the latest scientific research. That's good. So I thought that was like really cool. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's, they, they claim that they want to build uh, a whole suite of uh, services that's based on evidence-based therapy sessions to address a wide range of sexual issues. And um, a lot of the content that they are developing currently is developed by a world-renowned sex therapist uh, called Dr. Catherine uh, Hertlein, mm -hmm. who is the editor-in-chief of the Journal of Couple and Relationship Therapy, which mm -hmm. is a pretty prominent journal. Yep. So um, she's doing a lot of the content and, and helping them out uh, advance this, this app. So I thought that was pretty cool. So is it mostly an app where people uh, would put in the problem they think they have and then they end up reading, reading about it? Like how does it help people exactly? I didn't do uh, in-depth research on the app and the services they provide, but what it is broken down to is pretty much three different categories. So you get sessions which uh, you navigate and they're, they're digital and it's like audio segments and written materials that you could read uh, to help guide you through a given problem. And um, there, the three categories is thought sessions, body sessions, and connection sessions. Okay. So thought sessions guides you um, to focus on your sexual fears and anxieties, like to like, you know, untangle that and like how you're feeling and where, what, what, what triggers them. The body Sessions are uh, focused on you building a, a better relationship with your body, like to have a better, more like body positive kind of um, mm -hmm. representation in your mind of who you are. And it's, it's like who you, your body by yourself and also your body with another partner. Mm -hmm. And the connection sessions, they say, focuses on how you could better communicate in different sexual situations. Okay. So consent, how you're feeling in the moment, what you like, what you want, because there's a lot of people out there with sexual dysfunctions. They just can't communicate what it is right. that's like wrong with them or how they're feeling or the fact that they're anxious or the fact that they're feeling sad or that the fact that like something is triggering some kind of traumatic mm -hmm. memory or something like that. You don't know. And so like you have to coach people essentially on how to, you know, better communicate these feelings. Right. So actually this, I can see this app being useful for opening the dialogue and opening the conversation, even uh, with a partner. Uh, one texter writes, the psychiatry advisor states that all apps regarding mental health, physical health only can help if in conjunction with a therapist. It's true that if there are some serious issues in your relationship, I, like you said, I don't think an app could solve it, but it could give you an idea of what you're dealing with or an idea of where to go with that. Yes. And so that once again, this is like a, the third time that we're emphasizing this, this is not a replacement of a medical professional or a licensed professional therapist. Uh, I, I think it could provide complementary services, but also if you're, if you're at your rope's end and you don't have many other options out there, mm. maybe an affordable app is better than nothing at all because you should not suffer in silence and you should not suffer alone. Agreed. There are technological options that are emerging on the market now, such as this app that I'm describing here. Maybe it could provide some relief to you, but you know what? That's something that an individual is going to have to assess on their own. Right. So there's other things too, like while you're talking about these kinds of apps, and, and to me that's a, a mental health app, there are many apps now for anxiety, anxiety coaching, uh, PTSD, um, there are like a whole bunch of them. Obviously they all have disclaimers, you know, mm -hmm. um, because they're, they're not... Uh, 
not according to this text or the ADAA do not endorse any of the apps, but I like to go with apps that are science-based. So yeah. some of the meditation apps, some of the uh, mindfulness apps are based on science, mm-hmm. uh, as this one is as well. And to me, that's important to weed through because there are, I don't know, how many apps are there out there? There must be millions by now. Uh, so to, yeah. to find the ones you want or the ones that are good, it's just like doing a Google search. You don't mm-hmm. know what information comes from what source or what source is a valid source. Yes. And so everybody, you have to do your research. You have to see, like, what do they mean by science-based mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. therapy sessions that's provided by an app? That's kind of ambiguous. I don't think there's, like, certifications related to, you know, those kind of claims no, out no, there. No, 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 You know, so you have to be really careful. And I just want to say, like, one thing about this app, like, um, currently it is uh, focused on women, but they're going to expand outwards on, ty- on the types of uh, content that they will be providing to different gender identities, different gender or uh, sexual orientations. But right now, uh, the app is focused primarily on women in relationships that are experiencing low libido. Oh, which, which is, is the most common problem. It's, okay, a, it's so the most common how, problem. What percentage of women in the world struggle with low libido. I was shocked by the statistics. No, don't. And if you quote me the 41%, it's not true. That's uh, that's fake news because that you have to put that in context and everybody quotes this one study and mm-hmm. it was because of the definition that they use. So we could talk about that coming up, but we have to be careful when we see statistics like that because that, that isn't actually uh, the truth. Coming up more with uh, Dr. Jason Behrman, we'll talk about uh, not fake porn, but something similar, I guess, uh, and then our stupid sex story of the day as well. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. All right, before we continue with uh, our sex tech guru, Dr. Jason Behrman, let me share with you our stupid sex story of the day, and this was pretty funny. This is the headline, Woman Sues Ex-Boyfriend After His Abnormally Long Penis Stretched Her Vagina. This is the first lawsuit of its kind, I think, that I've ever heard of. Uh, she, uh, so this woman, she's 29, claims uh, she will have to fork over about 8,000 pounds, this is in the UK, clearly, for reconstructive surgery after getting intimate with uh, this guy. Uh, so uh, apparently he's abnormally uh, long, and she alleges that he overstretched her uh, vagina. Uh, She wants him to pay the whole cost of this and is reportedly taking him to court. He's from, uh, they're both from Zimbabwe, I think, or he's from Zimbabwe, I don't remember. Anyway, he told the Zimbabwe that, um, no, she did. She told the Zimbabwe male that her private parts were tight before she met her ex in 2016. She said she fell in love even though he was allegedly married at the time. I don't know why they need that's important. However, she ended the relationship after he allegedly, he is alleged to have stretched her vagina. It is currently unclear how large, um, she alleges her ex's penis is. There's no record of how in fact large is, but how crazy is that? Like that's as stupid as a stupid gets. Like <laughs> I can't get stupider. <laughs> yeah. So 
<laughs> so yeah. tight before the X. That's what they all say. Okay, let me share a couple of texts here because we got a bunch of texts uh, about what we were talking about, the apps. We were talking about the sex therapy app. So somebody says, I downloaded the app. It's kind of cool. It asks a bunch of multiple choice questions about what the user's concern might be. Then at the end has some brief, positive, reassuring comments and some supporting statistical information and graphics. So it can be helpful to to put the issue within a framework, possibly, and then uh, maybe make it easier for you when you do see a therapist to be able to uh, express what's going on. Uh, most free, I wonder what more personal information we are letting go into cyberspace. The terms and conditions are there to protect the app supplier, not the user. So this person's worried that if we tell tell an app all these sexual issues that we have, I don't know, like is that is that dangerous? I think that is a very significant concern and on countless episodes of Passion, I've raised this problem of data privacy where many apps of all kinds, not not just uh, apps related to dating and sexuality, but they're like pretty, some of the worst out there are the dating apps where they're collecting copious amounts of data on their individual users. And we as people have a tendency to divulge so much personal information on these apps without thinking about it and really thinking that, you know, it's, Oh, like, you know, what can happen? And like, who's actually uh, reading this? And like, where, where would this information ever go? It's like, well, hmm. if you want to know, watch the social dilemma. That's when you're going to know exactly where your information goes. You know, you talked about that after you talked about it last month, I right away uh, watched it because we were talking about uh, them making a, uh, Cupid dolls or something. What did we a call voodoo it? Doll. A voodoo uh, doll. A, yeah. yeah, some kind of like each person is is kind of uh, voodoo dolled and uh, with all this information, and then they shoot things at you that they know you would want. And it was fascinating to watch, but very scary. I have to tell you. Uh, another texter says, "My question for Jason would be: Is Kleenex necessary after opening the app? When visiting most therapists, it is a prerequisite." <laughs> And I, I think the crying and the, you know, oh. I mean, we go through a lot of Kleenex in our, in our, in our office for sure. But yeah, that's such a, another one says I, one, I found in one minute, 50 apps for sex and mental physical health. Most claim science-based proven and endorsed. I guess it's like those penis and larger spam we receive. I don't know. Well, yeah, that is very true. And I want all the listeners to be aware of this. So caveat emptor, like buyer beware, you have to be careful. And just one thing that I appreciated with this app is that they put uh, the editor in chief of a pretty prominent uh, journal on sex therapy and couples therapy uh, to develop a lot of the content. So that's more reassuring, but I can't give you a guarantee on quality. No, I I agree that it is definitely more reassuring reassuring when it comes from peer-reviewed articles and things like that. So definitely. So what now you're talking about, we've talked about fake uh, fake porn before on the show. Um, Now you want to talk about what, I'm not even clear what this is about providing a face to oppressed sexual minority. What does that imply here? It's pretty interesting, actually. I've been thinking about this for some time, and, you know, it, it, it's really 
stuck in my mind. Um, uh, it, it made me think uh, quite profound on this topic. But one of the early uh, interviews we did on Passion was something called deep fake technology, which is based on artificial intelligence, which makes it possible for you to take a face and overlay it um, on another person. And this yeah. was first used to create uh, fake porn videos of uh, prominent female actresses. And uh, it later was being used to generate fake, funny, humorous videos of world leaders like uh, President Barack Obama giving unusual speeches and saying ludicrous things. And they did it with Trump and everybody else. Mm -hmm. So um, it's kind of comical, but it raised a lot of alarm bells because our abilities using artificial intelligence technology to synthesize videos and synthesize realistic looking videos of people saying and doing things that they've never done is becoming really feasible now. And the technology is quite accessible. So this raises a lot of concerns of like, you know, disinformation campaigns and undermining our abilities to, you know, submit uh, evidence in court. You know, mm -hmm. like everybody used to believe in like, you know, seeing is believing. So if you submit a video in court, you know, people could watch it with their own eyes and make their own judgment. But now with advanced technology, everybody's kind of saying like, OK, well, what am I looking at? Is it real? Did this really happen? Right, I'm right. not too sure. Well, there's a good, uh, there's many positive applications of this uh, deep fake technology, it's called. And one that really like warmed my heart was uh, a documentary came out recently called Welcome to Chechnya. And it documents um, how many people was it? It was like roughly 20 people who are 23 LGBTQ people who are being hunted and uh, attacked by uh, people in, the, in Chechnya. So if listeners are unaware, um, being LGBTQ in Chechnya, which is this, this uh, breakaway region of Russia, is really dangerous. And yeah. they have like a government decree to round up any LGBTQ people and put them in concentration camps oh where they are being tortured and horrible things are happening to them. They are often ostracized in their communities. Um, many of them had to flee. Uh, many of them are refugees that are trying to you know, escape like horrible oppression. So this wonderful documentary wanted to bring awareness to this issue, which is still ongoing, and um, interviewed a lot of these people. Jason, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, get you to hold off for a second because we have to go check out what's happening on the roads, but we'll come back to talk about this dark, what do you call it? The dark, dark dark fake dark fake right deep, <laughs> the dark deep fake deep fake, deep fake. Deep fake. <laughs> it's deep and it's dark to me uh, yeah. we'll talk continue to talk about the deep fake coming up with dr jason bearman with dr Lori batito on cjad 800 we have a few minutes left with dr jason bearman specialist in artificial intelligence and technology uh, co-hosts our monthly uh, sex tech segment we've been talking about deep fakes Jason, maybe you can just repeat what a deep fake is and then tell us about how it's being used to oppress sexual minorities. Uh, to empower sexual oh, minorities. Oh, to empower actually. them. Okay. Um, okay, but what deep fakes is, it makes it easy for you to overlay on another body the face of someone else. And um, it's very synchronized with uh, the, the face underneath. And uh, you could see like real facial expressions and emotions and uh, the mouth moves perfectly, but it's not the face of the person that's there. Hmm. Okay. Um, so this was used initially to do uh, kind of joking uh, fake porn videos with prominent celebrities. 
but it has like really, really developed uh, beyond there, uh, that silly application. And so a, a very uh, endearing application of the technology has come from this documentary called Welcome to Chechnya, where the uh, director wanted to raise awareness on the severe oppression of LGBTQ people in Chechnya who yeah. are being rounded up in concentration camps and tortured and horrible things are happening to them and many yeah. have had to flee. So this director wanted to, you know, show the world their stories of oppression and how they were like literally hunted as people. Yeah, it's and this a, is occurring it, to the day. I saw the uh, documentary. It's it's disturbing and uh, but really important for us to watch. Yeah. So when you are a hunted individual, you cannot necessarily show your face on camera because it could put your life in greater danger. But the director wanted viewers to really see and have an emotional connection with these people and see, you know, the, the, the trauma and the uh, emotion in their face as they describe their stories. And so they use deep uh, deep fake technology. And so they, uh, the director went online and found a bunch of uh, LGBTQ activists in New York and asked them, it's like, would you like to donate your face, like lend images of your wow. face? I will overlay it on these people. And so they could tell their story. I didn't and, you know, even notice. Uh, yeah. Well, I actually, they, they put a little bit of an underblur or a halo around it so that you could tell that, you know, they manipulated it a little bit, but not too much. Wow. Because um, they I, don't want to deceive you, you know? I'm blown away, actually, because what I was thinking when, when I was watching it, it's like they're they're on camera. How are they doing this? They're going to get, you know, I didn't realize that's what they had done. That's amazing. Isn't that brilliant? It is actually, it and is. So they, they describe it as like a, a technological soft mask. So it hides the subject's identity while allowing you to see complex emotional uh, expressions and you could gain a better attachment to the person as they describe their story. And I just thought that this was really, really cool because this is like a new form of activism that's out there where yes. you can lend images of your face to people who have been victims of whatever kind of trauma, you know, sexual assault victims, quite often they don't want to show their faces. Um, if you are a minor, quite often, you know, court decree will say like you cannot identify yourself. And, uh, and so like how how are we going to sensitize the population to what has happened to these people? And so this technology provides this like really cool way to do that. I'm going to watch and it again. Brilliant. I'm going to watch it again and see what I notice now that I know, I swear I watched it and I had no idea, no idea at all. Yeah. That's well, amazing. Cool. That mm -hmm. is uh, really cool. Cause you know what, what we had before, before this technology was you would see the person uh, giving an interview in a dark room. Yes, blacked out and, and a different and, voice. And yeah, the voice would be digitally altered, so it doesn't even sound like a human being anymore. Right. And you can, you, you know, it's, it's difficult to connect with such an entity. Absolutely. When it doesn't look like a person and it doesn't sound like a person. But with this technology, like, you really can get that, that guttural emotional response mm -hmm. and that connection because you're actually looking at them. You know? yeah. and but I it's not their face. Right. And I do recommend uh, Welcome to Chechnya. It's uh, it's a it's a really well done film. Now now I'm even more impressed after knowing all of this, but really it's heartbreaking actually. It's it's really heartbreaking to uh, to see what goes on in some parts of the world and how fortunate we are here. Uh, so the last story, fun we'll leave the 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 fun one for last here. Um, 
Facebook has obviously a nudity algorithm, right? They, they, they block you for anything that's related to any kind of sexuality or nudity, even though even some of the words sex get mm-hmm. uh, pulled off there. Um, Remember emojis? If, if your emojis are too suggestive, they're starting to censor that. Well, yeah. <laughs> no more eggplants. <laughs> yeah, the eggplant and the peach and uh, yeah, little water droplet splashes. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that could be a little bit too much. But, uh, yeah, they, uh, Facebook tries to police its platform by using automation techniques, uh, namely uh, algorithms that could kind of recognize the contents within an image. And one of them is to flag nudity. And so there's a company, a Canadian seed company called Gay Seed Company that got in the news uh, because the Facebook nudity algorithm flagged an image of their onions (laughs) as being way too provocative. Why? Because they look like testicles? Like what? I don't know. (laughs) So you don't know. So this is the problem with these technologies is that they're kind of good, but they're far from perfect. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And so they often make mistakes. And sometimes they will censor, like, like you know, images of Jesus crucified to the cross or something like that. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know like it will just be like, oh, no, I'm sorry. This is, like, way too provocative. But it was a bunch of onions in a wicker basket. And um, the algorithm described them as being too sexually suggestive in their positioning, in their manner. And the company, it's obviously a mistake, but the company was like kind of happy in the end because it brought them so much publicity than the actual advertisement that they had. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because it just went viral online of like, okay, Facebook's algorithm deemed onions to be too erotic. <laughs> That's kind of funny. And yet some things get through and some things mm-hmm. don't. And, and they did this on YouTube. I was blocked on YouTube. I, I yeah. on my YouTube channel, I did an interview with a, with a transgendered woman mm-hmm. and I, and it was just, a, just an interview to find out about her transitioning and, and all kinds of stuff. She's very, quite famous in, in the digital world. Like she's one of those influencers and they blocked it. And I yeah. sent them a letter saying, what are you doing? Like, I'm a professional. I'm in, I'm doing a professional interview. <laughs> like, I don't understand, you know. And yet you see all kinds of other crap on YouTube. And I was like, anyway, I, I don't even know how that works, how they end up doing that and picking out, you know, stupidities, really, like when it has nothing to do with it. Well, this is the problem is that there's so much content that's being uploaded to these platforms every second. It's like mind-blowing. I don't have the statistics in front of me, but it's really mind-blowing, like Mm. how many hours of video is being uploaded at any given second. So it's very hard to police these platforms. And they're trying there to do, like one solution is to use these, these algorithms to try to catch or flag content. But it's far from perfect, like we said. And there's these problems where, you know, LGBTQ populations are being flagged and their content is being taken down mm-hmm. as deemed as uh, too erotic or inappropriate. You know, women um, describing their their journey on overcoming breast cancer and, you know, they will show, you know, images of their chest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is being flagged as inappropriate when many people are like, um, no, this is a really valuable story that the population should see. Don't right. flag this is inappropriate. Right. There was a great story I, I talked about on uh, Passion um, a while ago where the iconic image, uh, I believe it won the Pulitzer Prize, of uh, the napalm girl so it was this young Mm -hmm, child that mm -hmm. was screaming in pain and horror who was naked because 
chemicals I remember, that right. had been dumped over the jungle, like burnt off her clothes, and she was like screaming and running away in horror with soldiers behind her. And a journalist caught that photo, and it's like it won the Pulitzer Prize because it sensitized the world to some of the worst atrocities yeah. of war. And this image was being flagged and taken down on Facebook because it was being mistaken for child pornography. Right. That's crazy. Oh, Jason, we will uh, connect again next month, and uh, and we'll see what else you've got for us lined up. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us tonight and sharing your wonderful knowledge with us. Appreciate it. I look forward to next time. Wonderful. Take care. Uh, thank you for listening to our show. Thank you to Chris Aikens, our technical producer tonight. If you want to connect with me on social media, at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. Coming up next year on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.